early 30s. Yeah, well, this is a statement. I'm focused on this season and playing for the Vancouver Canucks, helping the team in any way I can. Oh, I will nice not have any further comments this year about my future. Mm. Um, th- it's just weird energy. It's like announcing a breakup before it happens and saying, no, we're really happy together, but we're probably going to break up soon. Okay, you know what this is? Okay, it took me a while. It took about, let me see if I can land this. You're in a relationship that's kind of up and down. You don't know about the future of it. And then your partner starts changing their habits. They start working out a lot more. You know, they're starting to better themselves. And you're like, wait a minute. Are you planning on dumping me in a month and a half, but you're waiting until after Christmas, but you're going to shed 15 pounds and get a sharp haircut? And, 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 re, and update your wardrobe so that the moment you dump my ass, you're ready to get out there back on the dating scene, which would scare me because the last time I was on the dating scene, Tinder didn't exist. Right. And online dating was at that time seen as a, a black mark. Uh, okay, Wyatt Arndt had a really good one. Bo Horvat at that. Kids have almost graduated. Let's go through the next few months and then we can talk about a divorce. Mm, uh, yes, that yes. I thought was good analysis, but yes. let's see what Harmon Dial, Canucks reporter for The <laughs> Athletic and co-host of the Van Cast Things. Harmon, first of all, how are you today? I'm doing well, well, but I don't know if I can top those uh, those relationship type uh, analogies. Those are pretty good. Yeah. So what is the, were you surprised to see the statement come out? I, I just thought it was kind of bizarre. What's your read on the situation? The statement itself was pretty odd because it came about 45 minutes before Canucks practice where Horvat uh, was going to speak um, anyway. He was going to be requested by members of the media. Like, poor guy. Um, Yeah, and the other thing, too, is with Bo, he's navigated. Look, he's been, he's a captain in a hotbed Canadian market. He's navigated so many more difficult conversations and, um, and questions over the years in terms of essentially being the spokesperson for this team through a state of turmoil. So the sort of availability that he, that he had yesterday, I don't know why it would have necessitated a statement necessarily because, you know, when a statement like that goes out, it's usually to try and um, prevent having to actually speak on the situation. But the statement went out and, Horvat was speaking on the situation anyway and talking about how bad he felt that um, the you know rumor and uh, rumors or the news had come out and that his teammates had to hear about it and he actually apologized to his teammates and look Bo felt totally confident calm collected in discussing this situation so in the back of my mind I'm wondering he's totally fine talking about this I don't know why um, a statement had to come out in the first place but it's definitely become uh, overall, a bit of a, a strange situation and um, definitely a lot of uncertainty about how long his uh, his future is going to be as a Canuck. Is this going to be Johnny Goudreau West? Is, is this going to be, and, and again, I know, you, Harmon, you can't give a definitive, well, here's the timeline to expect between now and July 1st, but just listening to you talk and everything reading and reading the tea leaves, I kind of feel like we're we're getting Johnny Goudreau, but with a view of the Pacific Ocean. See, the big difference between Horvat and Goudreau is that Horvat's long been a loyal guy, and I actually think that in the summer he would have been more than happy to extend at the right number. Whereas I think with Goudreau, the difference was he didn't even know whether he was committed to Calgary long-term and whether he wanted to go back home. I think Horvat's always, in talking to members of the organization, even with the past regime, he's always been a guy that um, has felt loyal to Vancouver. The problem for the Canucks is that when it came to this past offseason, initially there was a feeling that between J.T. Miller and Bo Horvat, because both were going to be unrestricted free agents at the end of this season, 
the initial feeling was that the Horvat extension would be easier to get done in part because uh, Horvat, um, you know, he's Canadian, he had more roots down here, and um, and that Miller would be the tougher extension, that he was more likely to get traded. And yet when push came to shove, the Canucks prioritized Miller over Horvat, their captain, right? And I think that's where huh. it's more the team kind of backed themselves into this corner. And they're now in, in sort of a cap situation where they could technically afford to uh, re-sign Horvat, but the money is running out quickly, especially in the wake of um, yesterday, Gary Bettman speaking about how the cap uh, might only go up by a million. So a team like the Canucks that's crunched for flexibility that also has uh, free agents like Andre Kuzmenko to, to sort of take care of, they are in a spot where they don't have a lot of flexibility, and especially when you couple it with the scorching hot uh, start that Horvath's had, um, it's priced him potentially beyond what the Canucks are comfortable going to. However, I will I won't say that it's completely over like like some have just okay. because you look at this ownership group in Vancouver. I think this is a group that really is heavily invested in sort of the top players and always wants to see their stars stay. And so I don't necessarily buy the agreement that when the report came out, for example, that this, you know, the, the offer that the Canucks had two weeks ago, that this is the furthest they'll go, that, you know, it's game over. I mean, guys, we're still in December, and there's a lot of time between now and, and the trade deadline. And given the way the Canucks kind of caved in the JT Miller negotiations, because there was also a point in those Miller conversations where, it felt like the Canucks had gone to their maximum and that a deal wouldn't be possible. And then yet closer to training camp, they did find a way to kind of step up their offer and, and get it done. Um, I still think a trade is the most likely outcome, but I'm not going to sit here and say that that's the 100% definitive um, option, that there's no chance Horvat's going to resign, even though it looks really difficult right now. Okay, interesting. I like that perspective. People kind of just have it circled that Horvat's going to be on the move before March 3rd. Because we like the soap opera. Maybe we push it. The, the evil media, we push it because we like the soap opera. No, we're just <laughs> looking for that top forward on the Leafs, hopefully sometime soon. Uh, even though, <laughs> just add to the top six. Um, do you think this has to do with a fractured relationship to Harmon? Just the fact that they didn't prioritize him? We had Frankie Corrado on. He was talking on That's Hockey about how Horvat should have been a number one priority for the Canucks. I mean, definitely. I think about it from his perspective. You're, you're the captain. You've been through the leanest rebuilding seasons through the Jim Benning era. I mean, you're ta- you, if you want to circle one player who's been through the most pain through the last half decade plus of, uh, of Canucks hockey, yeah. it's been Bo Horvat. And he's been a loyal soldier through that. And night in, night out, he's the one that's having to answer and be accountable, speaking about it after um, after all all of these tough losses, especially in the last, um, you know, this being the third season where there were expectations for the Canucks being a playoff team. And yet each time they've gotten off to a horrific start. And I look at that roster and who's been the guy that's trotted out every single time to have to speak on that. It's Bo Horvat. Yeah. So he's had to take those lumps. Um, he's had to kind of be the face of uh, of this franchise through the through the toughest uh, days, and yet um, again, when push came to shove, the Canucks chose to prioritize uh, Miller over Horvat. I mean, I'm I would definitely, if I was in that uh, situation, feel slighted given everything you've you've uh, provided to the, to the organization, the loyalty, 
So one thing I will say is I'm sure it's it's difficult. And the other, I also don't think the fact that um, this rumor came out also helps that relationship necessarily. The fact that it became so public, right. I think one one thing that uh, was pretty apparent when Horvat spoke yesterday was that he was pretty upset that the rumor got out in the first place. Um, so you wonder if that perhaps was leaked from the team's perspective. But um, overall. It, 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 I mean, it's not great right now, but money also talks a lot. Right. So um, who knows where exactly Horvat stands, obviously, right now. Um, I'm sure he feels a little bit slighted that um, he hasn't um, been, been given the same sort of um, investment that, uh, that Miller was um, in the offseason. But um, that, can, that can always change. So I'm, I'm curious to see how this, uh, this kind of plays out, even though, again, I, I still think a trade is the most likely outcome but you just never know when you have these twists and turns and um i look at the miller situation exactly where, um i felt like forever that everyone thought he was going to get traded and then last minute something changed yeah jt miller was all but gone and there sits still in vancouver so Harmon, we'll, we'll be looking for your coverage during this all unfolding and, and thanks for taking the time today absolutely thanks for having me guys